I think he can hear you right now. I made a funny! That little boy did it! Welcome to the Man! And I'll form the head! Star Wars celebrates its 40th birthday this month, so to celebrate, we're going to be travelling to a galaxy far, far away and taking a look at a film franchise that shaped Nerdum and the world in a way George Lucas could have only dreamed of. From A New Hope to The Last Jedi and beyond, welcome to the wretched hive of scum and villainy known as The Cave. Hello to you wherever and whenever you are in the galaxy. My name is Shane Adamzak, and with me as always is the Lando Calrissian to my Lobot, the Ponder Boba to my Cornelius Evazan, and the Bad Motivator to my R5-D4, Mr. Paul Grabovac. Hello, sir. I, um, I, had, I suffered from depression and anxiety one time, and when I went to my therapist, I said I had a bad motivator, and he didn't get the reference. <laughs> I would have got it. I probably would have yeah. given you ex- extra therapist points. That's well, that's right? what I was kind of hoping for. I'm like, well, if this lands, then we get to be bros. But uh, yeah. yeah, didn't work. Didn't work out. Well, uh, yeah, so we thought we'd talk all about Star Wars this week. I don't know. It's just such a beloved franchise to so many people like not even just nerds like everybody loves star wars i don't know like tell me anyone you know who hasn't like turned on a flashlight and pretended it's a lightsaber or or pretended to open an automatic door using the force i do it every time i go into my building at home yeah i still do it i still do it every, almost every day of my life I, and it's not even that sometimes i just still will lie in bed and point my hand at something and just be like come on move this time this move. time for sure here it I, comes it's gonna happen but it doesn't yeah doesn't happen you know, the, the day that does though you'll freak the fuck out <laughs> i won't tell you about it though i'll just surprise you uh a new hope when it came out in 77 it just had so many amazing characters that we could uh, excuse me shane actually i think you'll find that when it came out in 77 it was just called star wars uh yes good point and i, I corrected myself there it was indeed just called star wars as we knew it uh, you had the angsty farm boy, the wise old wizard, the rebellious scoundrel, the beautiful yet badass princess, the comedic droids, and insanely scary bad guys. Paul, why is Star Wars so great? Uh, probably because it's the hero's journey, um, told incredibly well, um, in like every cliche possible, but that's why it works. That's why it's the hero's journey. Uh, Luke being the small farm boy and... You know, being set on like, and it was like a call to adventure, and he he's like, oh no, dog, I gotta stay. But then the reasons that he has to stay uh, get killed, and then he's like, well, all right, I'll go with this cool space wizard and and learn all these cool things and fight dudes and become a hero, and it's awesome, and it's it's something we can all relate to. It's just the best. It really is. Uh, we had a whole bunch of people that have sent us some Star Wars questions, so we'll try to get through as many of those as we can, but. I want to talk about, like, what are some of your favorite scenes in Star Wars? Like, your, those iconic moments that really uh, stuck with you, Paulie. Across all of them, or are we are going to stick to A New Hope? Well, look, let's start at A New Hope and see where we go, I guess. Okay. Um, all right, if we're going to stick to um, just A New Hope, I guess one of my favorite moments is uh, when Obi-Wan slices off the arm of the dude in the bar. And kind of just yes. the whole bar scene in general where it's just like, this world is cool. It's scary. It's full of aliens that play musical instruments. It, it was like a, it felt like a Western at that moment, but there was a space sword and, and 
aliens and and weird blue milk drinks and the droids oh, aren't totally. allowed in. Like, I, what what was this world? I, I can't understand. It was so yeah, good. The, the, the cantina scene was definitely one of my favorites as well. You've got that really iconic like that da, 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 song. Mm-hmm. You got all these like yeah, like you said, like you're introduced to all these amazing characters. You're like, wow, this really is like a galaxy far, far away. Like, you get to see how badass Obi-Wan is, like, for the first time. He just mm-hmm. fucking chops a dude's arm off and then just, like, goes about his business. Yeah. Do I look like I give a fuck? I just, sorry about the mess. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. that's fair enough. So bad. I mean, you meet Han and Chewie for the first time. You see how cool they are. Han shoots Greedo first. Uh, does happens. he, though? I yes, he does, Paul. I don't care how many times you re-edit it, even if you make it by a little microsecond. I don't Han- think that's part of my original vision. Shut up. Shut up, Lucas. <laughs> um, what about you? What's what's one of your favorite moments? Um, well, I definitely... Like, I also really love the cantina scene, but I would say that one of my favorite moments is the prison block escape, where they've come and they've finally... They've just rescued Leia. They're in their uh, stormtrooper outfits, and, uh, you know, they've just shot the place up, and then the people that are you know, calling them in... I've, I've written the dialogue down here because I love it so much. Uh, Han Solo, flustered. Uh, I had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, yeah. everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. All fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I just love <laughs> him so much. And his disappointment and then, in himself after he said, how are you? Yeah, he just he's like, oh, they, you blew it, Han Solo. And then he <laughs> shoots a console. Uh, boring conversation anyway. It's just such a cool moment. And that's when you also get to see Leia, like just... You know, you really get to see her character just fucking be rockingly badass for the first time as well. Uh, I don't know. She was pretty defiant to, like, Governor Tarkin before that. Like, she was brought oh, yeah, onto yeah. the bridge of the starship with Darth Vader, and to that point, the scariest person ever in my life. And oh, yeah. she's just like, Governor Tarkin, I could notice your foul stench when I came on board. And he's like, ah, so ah you're a bitch. Yeah, and she's automatically like just defies that sort of damsel in distress stereotype when the boys come to rescue her and then, you know, she just calls yeah. them a bunch of I- idiots, basically. <laughs> well, and that's that's another great thing is is the dialogue, the banter. Like, if it's between Han or Chewie or 3PO and R2, um, Luke and Han, Han, uh, sorry, Leia and anyone, like, the banter is just excellent. And also, the banter is excellent. Ah, uh, see what you did see, there. See what I did there, buddy? I did, I did, I did, I did. Well done. Um, and of course, it also leads to like the, the trash compactor scene as well, which is one of my favorite scenes where they're trying to brace the walls as they're slowly closing in. It's like, 3PO! 3PO! <laughs> like, oh. as a kid, watching that scene for the first time, I was like legitimately frightened for like, I'd just fallen in love with these new hero characters. <laughs> like, what? They're, they're going to crush them. This is a dumb movie. I don't want the out. human pancakes. Yeah. That being said, if anyone wants to make me pancake pancakes, do that. <laughs> I, uh, I love, like, C-3PO. He's hands down one of my favorite characters in the whole, you know, Star Wars world. Uh, but that one scene in the trash compactor where he's just not answering the phone, basically, and they're about to get crushed, <laughs> and he's like, oh, this guy's an idiot. It's like the one time where I really just don't like C-3PO. But it's a good payoff. Yeah, and, like, that that's another good thing to point out. Like, every single character has flaws. There's no perfect character. Like, there's no perfect hero. There's no perfect villain. Even the villain has a flaw, which gets exploited quite well by the end. Um, and that's probably the thing I love the most about Star Wars. And I think we take away the most from are these characters, these people that we relate to, that we care for and love. Like you said, like you half an hour, well, half an hour, you're about an hour into the movie and they're about to be crushed sideways. 
and you're worried because you've managed to fall in love with like what eight, uh, one, two, three, four ish people. Yeah, and it's just so good. It's just so good. Um, Jane Wright, our friend, writes in. Can you talk about these Luke Skywalker moments? Uh, and can you ask Paul to do a segment where you only communicate an angsty teen Skywalker talk? Um, there's a great video online if you look it up. It's called Luke Ask Questions, and it's all the scenes from A New Hope where Luke is just asking you a question, and there, you realize how much he is just progressing the story just by going, "Well, what does this do? Well, how's that going to happen? How does that work?" Like the yeah. whole movie. Because he's us. He's us asking those questions. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Um, he's... Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Jane, listen, I don't want to talk like that. I was going to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. You can waste time with your friends later. What if if this podcast, like this episode, was us just quoting Star Wars? I mean, the sad thing is, I'm quite sure that you and I could feel 45 minutes of us just quotes from Star Wars. We yeah, and in the next you, episode, we'd have to do too, the man. rest of the episode. Yeah. Uh, quick quick uh, question to you, Shane. What are your yes. thoughts on lightsabers? Well, I love them, obviously. I mean, as a kid, I was just like, when do I get one? When does that happen? Uh, now we are here in our, our mid-30s, yep. early to mid-30s, and we have some. Yeah, how many ones. how many have you bought in your lifetime? How many have I bought? That's a good question. Probably about four different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, like toy from various, just ones that are just like just plastic toy ones to ones that light up and ones that make sounds and mm-hmm. uh, not mm-hmm. quite as not not quite as many as you, I believe, who has like one of like the proper proper ones. Yeah, well, I got one of the Ultra Saber ones. They're not licensed by Star Wars, but they are actually the best lightsabers you can get. Um, it's all super cute. Um, but God, yeah, I, I've, I've got Dooku's, I've got Obi-Wan's, I've got Maul's, uh, I've got Vader's, I've got Anakin's. A lot of them are broken nowadays because turns out if you try and treat them like real swords, they're not, um, which is always disappointing. But yeah, I still look forward to, uh, having a real life lightsaber before I die. Yeah, it'll probably happen. We've got time. You've got, let's give it, let's give a generous estimate of 40 years for them to make a lightsaber that we can play with. Great. Come on, science. We believe in you. Uh, here's quite a good question. Aaron Rodgers, uh, my pal from Canada, writes in, uh, what was it like for the actors who portrayed uh, Darth Vader, a.k.a. the guy in the costume, uh, and like C-3PO, Chewbacca, and R2 after the movies got famous? Because they're hugely, hugely successful, but like those actors aren't as easily recognisable, is the question. Well, David uh, Prowse was famously very pissed off that his yeah. voice wasn't used. Yeah, um, as you as you would be. I think definitely amongst like not even particularly hardcore Star Wars fans, but a lot of people know, um, uh, like Anthony Daniels, who was C three PO, for example. Like he's quite well known amongst the Star Wars. You know, yeah, as he went on to do a lot of theater as well. I mean, that was his background, and he still continues in the sort of theater circles. And, and then, he's quite uh, a philanthropist now as well, donating to various yeah. funds. There's uh, Chewbacca, Peter Mayhew. Yep, um, big tall guy with bad knees. Yeah, and he's sort of like hugely involved in like the fan service of Star Wars, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that is cool. And like a a lot of the people who, especially in the the newer Star Wars movies, if they don't make it big in the industry, as it were, they hit the convention floors and do that for the rest of their lives and they probably hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I I would dig that, I think. It depends. I think you would definitely... The novelty of it would wear off after a while, I suppose, right? 
I guess. But then there's, then there's people like Mark Hamill, whose career has continued on in sort of voice work and a lot, obviously new Star Wars now, but he's always been such a fan of meeting the fans and engaging and, and being a part of that scene. So, yeah, different strokes for different folks, I guess. I really dig that, man, especially when the stars who were like... You know, they get to the point where they're so famous, they could easily just sort of rest on their laurels and, you know, keep working, but, you know, never really give anybody any fan service. And you, you wouldn't think any less of them, but those that really, like, make the effort... Like, for example, like, The Rock, for example, is a huge goddamn star now. And still, like, if you follow him on, like, Instagram or anything, you see, like, how much time he has for his fans. And I just think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, you know, what can we say except you're welcome? <laughs> Ah, uh, Paul, don't slip a Moana reference into the Star Wars episode. We'll be linked Hey, man, they're all lot. Disney properties. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, slipping out of uh, A New Hope, I'd like to say that one of my favorite scenes is from Empire Strikes Back, which is the first training sort of montage scenes with Yoda. Ah, yes. Um, obviously, you've got... It's got all the things I love. A, it's Star Wars. You've got Luke, who's one of my favorite characters. R2-D2, lovable little droid. You got sort of learning about the Force for the first time, sort of like actually sort of seeing it a little bit more in action. Uh, and then, of course, there's the awesome puppetry and voice work of the legendary Frank Oz and the line, do or do not, there is no try. When Yoda eats that space muesli bar. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, the, there's a snake on Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, there's this, the great scene where he lifts the, uh, the X-Wing out of the swamp as well. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. If there is he, no try. If only, if only he could go back and help our tax from the never-ending story. Ah, too soon. (laughs) Too soon. Um, One thing I really wanted to talk about, especially that that came from Star Wars as a toy collector, is that the action figures and vehicles and play sets that came from the merchandising of this movie, like, revolutionized the the action figure market. Like, the whole, like, three and three-quarter scale thing became huge action figures and vehicles, and it just changed how movies were merchandised. And now I get to collect vintage Star Wars action figures. Yeah, you do. Thanks, George Lucas, and thanks, Star Wars. Hope you're all um, enjoying like Shane's it. money. It's great. And you enjoyed yeah. my money for a good long time, too, but I've managed to uh, temper my Star Wars toy buying a bit, a bit. I will a not bit. lie. Inspired by you, I, I've recently bought a vintage uh, Gross Yoda with a snake around him from Empire. Oh, good um, man. Yeah. Um, good, yeah. Good, good times. Good times with toys. Um, yeah. God, if we're talking Empire memories, I think it's uh, it's got to be Vader versus Luke. Not not in the cave, oh. but there on Bespin. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's the iconic moment of "No, I'm your father," but like spoilers. Um, but what? Ah, sorry. Um, but it's actually that that whole fight, like when it starts in inside the the carbonite chamber, and they yeah. both ignite their lightsabers, and it's silhouetted, and you just like. This is the coolest fucking thing I have ever seen in my goddamn fucking life. And I was like, eight. I didn't even know where that language was coming from, but it really did feel that way. <laughs> it's like, it's all dark, it's smoky, the lighting is just really scary and ominous. And it was another one of those kind of like trash compactor moments where you're like, this could be it. Like, this shit could go bad. He lost an arm! He lost a hand! Yep. And I was like, well, he's dead. That's how this works. Yeah, end of this movie. I guess Han Solo is the new guy I follow. Well, there was another. There was. It is true. But we didn't know that yet. If Disney sticks to their one Star Wars film a year plan, asks Robert Woods, uh, with alternative main story and spin-off films, how long before Star Wars fatigue sets in with the way many people are starting to get with Marvel and DC films? 
I'm not seeing Marvel films. <laughs> well, from what I understand, I know what he's, he's talking about, but um, in terms yeah. of the fatigue, but I think the general populace are quite ready to receive these films up until, let's say, what, episode nine? Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's another trilogy, so that's another sort of bookmark or footnote where we can stop for a minute. I can't yeah. imagine we're going to jump straight to 10, 11, 12 within that sort of yearly cycle. I think they'll get to nine, release, what, three yeah, interstitial movies, and then yeah. it's going to take a kind of break. It wouldn't surprise me if they went and did like a TV series, maybe live action, um, yeah. maybe focused on another sort of like comic book run and, you know, a, a bit expanding that sort of like what used to be the expanded universe, now called yeah. Legends. Sort of, sort of doubling down on that for a while. Um, yeah, I agree. I'd like to see another sort of animated, you know, Clone Wars or Rebels style series as well at some point because I've really, really been enjoying uh, Rebels. Yeah, and I, I think that's a really smart move because that's kind of what we expect now from Star Wars. This is the third instance of them going, "Here's a here's a new trilogy," and there's hype, there's hype, there's hype, and then you take a break, yeah. and then you bring it back. I mean, we we now come to expect that there has to be a generational gap between these trilogies because it's about the continuing legacy of the Skywalker family. Now, with that being said, Skywalker as a, as a brand isn't really being hammered too hard in The Force Awakens. And from what we've seen to The Last Jedi, yeah, Luke is there, but it, it's, not, it's not his story yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I think after the prequels as well, we really needed that break. We needed that time to heal. But now that Star Wars is good again, uh, you know, it's interesting to see, or it will be interesting to see how long they take between, you know, main trilogies now. If if they keep going, which they probably will. I, I because I, because do you really think they'll do money. another trilogy soon afterwards? I, I don't think they'll do it soon afterwards. No, I hope. I really hope not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well talking, talking about the future of the franchise, we had a few questions along the lines of uh, uh, Brett Cullen and Ryan Wisdom ask, uh, episode 8 predictions, will Kylo Ren get schooled by Luke or will he get schooled by Luke really hard? <laughs> uh, what are your predictions for the next two films and the trilogy? Uh, curious to think what, uh, where they may be headed. So yeah, what, what do you think uh, is going to happen in the future of the uh, canon Star Wars universe? Holy pants. Well, given that the trailer told us nothing, um, except, for, <laughs> except, except for maybe the biggest line being that the Jedi have to end, and we kind of talked about what we thought that could mean. I think, yeah. uh, I think it's either going to go two ways. One, Ray gets corrupted and kind of becomes the bad guy, doesn't become the hero. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Kylo Ren is already, um, or Ben, Ben been uh solo uh spoilers um has already sort of been tempted and he's because he's not a sith he's he's knights of ren whatever the fuck that is i think there needs to be this idea that balance is finally going to come to the force yeah and it's it means that ray can't be a jedi and and kylo can't be a sith and someone has to prove that that balance is worth a damn um I think more than anything, Luke has to school um, Snoke. I want to oh, see yeah. them two take down each other, or at least at least have a bout. And if it means Luke dies, so be it. But like, I, I... no, shut up, Luke mustn't <laughs> die. They already killed Han. I can't take any more. Yeah, but if Luke dies, he gets to be a cool ghost. Oh, 
I guess he gets to be a cool ghost. But if he comes back as a ghost, I want to see all the other cool ghosts. No, and not, then, Christ- and not Hayden Christensen ghost either. Well, you can't have other guy ghost. He's totally dead. Ugh. Well, well, that hasn't stopped them with a new hope, but uh, with um, Rogue One. But yeah, they're they're sort of my predictions, and and sadly, we know that Leia won't be in the last film, Episode Nine. So times are changing, son. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, look, honestly, I don't know, and I really like that. Uh, I just want to see some. I want to see Luke take on Kylo Ren. You know, the old master versus the student thing, and. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, I I fear your idea of Ray becoming uh, you know, a bad guy. I really don't want that to happen. I really well, don't. Again <sighs> And it, in fact in fact if it does if it does happen, I'm going to punch you. Because you why? put that idea into the ether. It's your fault if that happens now. Straight up. But that film's already in the can. That's not my fault. Taking the fall. If shit goes down, if I see one little thing like her go and her eyes are all red or she takes out some younglings. I'm going to punch you right in the nuts, grab it back. Motherfucker, if there's younglings in this movie, I will punch you. (laughs) Uh, Dylan Warren asks, your thoughts on the concept of Jar Jar being a Sith Lord? Uh, Paul, do you care to explain that to anybody that uh, hasn't heard that theory? Well, as as the original rumors go, George Lucas... (laughs) No, George Lucas had originally planned, apparently, he'd originally planned that Jar Jar was going to be revealed to be the big bad for the trilogy and his his sort of appearance as this goofball character initially was basically to throw everyone off the scent and that yeah. the clues the clues are all there for us google it if you want to read the full article because i actually think it's a great argument where he it's, shows it's, it sort of like, like ac- yeah it's a pretty in-depth and arguably too well thought out theory i think well look unless someone put the time and effort into it um like george lucas did when he wrote the trilogy um he shows athletic proficiency all the time with his sort of movements. And as Obi-Wan pointed out, there's no such thing as luck. And yet uh, Jar Jar seemed to let a lot of things happen, not by luck, but like he was instrumental in the Battle of Naboo in taking out a bunch of droids and a lot, a lot of droids. Um, He literally was the vote uh, or or, or instigated the um, chance of Alorum going away and the emergency powers going to uh, Chancellor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. He he authored those. Like, that. he did it. <laughs> yes, you can say the Emperor Palpatine manipulated him and that's what we've got now because we had to change it because no one received Jar Jar well enough. But again, like, go read the article, go find out. And I honestly, I can see how I'm like, oh, that's dumb because all we knew was episode one Jar Jar what if by the end of episode two, he'd killed someone? Like, he'd, he'd killed Mace Windu or something. And we're like, what the... Like, it's so easy to turn this goofball into a threat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, oh, like, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's the best idea, but I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I thought it would be cool. I think it's a really... An interesting theory. And, like, reading that article, some of the points that he made are, like, very good. I honestly don't think George Lucas is that smart well he, he he's he, proven that he with just, a lot of the he, dialogue he's written he, he just wanted a goofy a goofy kind of characters that the kid the kids would like yeah i love i love looking at the old interviews during episode one times and he's just like well he's one of the funniest characters that so, i've ever written and he's like so dude he's <laughs> nope that's <was> bad 
It's a bad time. Aaron asks, why are the spaceships in the prequels, speaking of the prequels, sleeker and more aerodynamic than the ships in the original trilogy? Uh, the short answer to that is money. <laughs> Lucas well, had it is, it is money, guy, but it's also money within the context of the society that they lived in. Like it was, it was, it was peacetime. It was affluence. It was, there was a Senate, like everything was going so well. By the time we get to A New Hope, it's, or even by sort of the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, it's industrial. The empire's running things. It's, it's spare parts. It's, it's trying to get things together ad hoc. Like it's a different world. There isn't time to machine finish things and make them look cool anymore because the, the universe is in despair. It's a time of war. A Star War, even, you may say. The Star War. I want to talk about one of my favourite moments as well from the prequel trilogy, because there aren't that many. Uh, <laughs> and for me, it's, it's actually a moment from the episode one trailer. Uh, <laughs> only, because, only because this is the first time we saw this moment. It's as good in the movie. But seeing the moment in the episode one trailer when, when Darth Maul activates his double-ended lightsaber for that first time, and we see oh, yeah. a little bit of the, the Duel of Fates... And yeah. our little tiny minds just exploded when our, you know, our childlike love of Star Wars was suddenly, was suddenly like reignited, and we yeah. were like, "Oh yeah, we love Star Wars." Uh, that moment for me, we're just like, "You can have double lightsaber. That's twice as much lightsaber." Yeah, we better double down that on Revenge of the Sith and have a guy hold four, four hundred lightsabers. Um, it was just such a cool moment, and like obviously, like the only part of Episode One that I ever really like. I'm excited to watch is the Duel of Fates where it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. Uh, the music is amazing. The choreography is cool. It's the first time we've seen like a fast lightsaber battle, you know? Yeah. 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 And, that was and I guess awesome. As well, in Attack of the Clones as well, the massive uh, Jedi versus droid battle where you get to the Mace Window kill Jango Fett, who just fucking sucks. Deserve just, to die so hard. Yeah. Just cheapens the badassness of Boba Fett so much. Um, and that, that, yeah, so which that is why like, I'm worried about the Han Solo movie. How are you feeling about that? I look because back, backstory I, doesn't always mean uh, a good movie. Yeah, I'm just excited to see Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, though. I cannot wait for that. Yeah, but what the hell? Like, what? You know, Boba Fett was cool because of the mystery. Once the mystery's gone, you're just like, well, that's a bit shit. I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm feeling really good. Like, after Rogue One, I'm feeling pretty excited about the standalone Star Wars movies now. Prequel favorite moments. I, I, I didn't think about thinking about this. Yeah. Um, what's a prequel moment for you? God, you know what's weird? The one thing that keeps coming to my head, and it's clearly a joke, is the, um, the droid factory scene in Geonosis where 3PO oh keeps losing his head. That's a sh- <laughs> I fucking hate that scene. That scene is so, so fucking dumb. bad. Such a Um, dumb scene But you know what I I think out of all The prequel stuff um, It's probably The light-hearted moments Between Especially in Revenge of the Sith Between Obi-Wan and Anakin And the beginning of Attack of Clones Where they're like Where their friendship Is there Yeah Like they're making jokes And they have banter And you can sort of like Right There's There's something worth losing here Yeah and I, I love those moments, and 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 like, don't get me wrong, lightsabers are cool. Oh, oh, fuck! In um, Attack of the Clones, 
When Guys, Ob- everyone, if you've just tuned in, Paul is very excited to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> As opposed to every other episode ever. That bit yeah. um, where Obi-Wan's being chased by Jango Fett's ship and he uses those bombs that make like the negative noise and then use the uh, Inception. Bwang. Yeah, that is, that is actually pretty badass. Uh, yeah, when yeah, he's taking Slave One out for, yeah, for a trip. Because we um, were all just watching that movie going like, I guess. And then like those bombs went off and we were like, Cool. That's a, that's a cool anti noise we just heard. But it is, um, and like Star Wars, especially the prequels, like was was scraping the bottom of the barrel. But like, there were design choices that were just really cool. There were dialogue choices that were not. But then, like, say, like, we can look at film history through the lens of Star Wars. Like, Attack of the Clones was the first ever, ever whole, com- like, completely shot on digital film. Yeah, that- you know, and that that's a pretty standard thing now. But like. Star Wars has been pioneering film techniques since it began. And and that's something we always need to acknowledge. Pioneering film techniques, but not always good writing. No, it's never been good at good writing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I'll even say that's true of um, The Force Awakens. I mean, there isn't much that's bad about the writing, but it's it's still just that janky Saturday morning cartoon a little bit overwrought stuff, but yeah. that that's what we're there for. And it, it's tempered a lot more in A Force Awakens. But look, look, real talk for one second to anybody okay. out there who's like, I like Star Wars enough. It's cool, I guess. Look, Star Wars is, is dumb. How it's No, let me finish. It's, it's childish. You it's childish. Son of a bitch. It's you childish garbage. No. You are the antithesis of my friend, and I want you dead. It's childish garbage. It's Saturday morning cartoon trash. Like I said, the hero's journey is... I love Saturday morning cartoons. Will you let me finish, please? It's the hero's journey, which is overwrought, overdone, overplayed, over everything. And, like, it's there in the dialogue. It's, it's, It's literally thrown into your face. But that's why... We love it. We love Saturday morning cartoons. We love the idea that there's an old space wizard who can teach you magic tricks and then you get to fight the dude that's literally covered in black armor because he's the bad guy. Like, he it's fucking. He's a space samurai and you it's, can fight him. And yes. Also, he's your dad. He's your and dad. And it's the well. best. It's, it's also the best. Like, adventuring in space, there's strong male and female characters, there's someone for everybody to relate to. And. Yeah, if Star Wars didn't exist, there might be something that's just as comparable. And there's other stories that do the same thing and arguably better. But this just came at a time when the world wanted it, needed it. It's so ingrained in pop culture. Like you said, show me someone who hasn't heard of Darth Vader. Like there's a lot of people who haven't seen Star Wars, but there aren't many people who don't know what it is. It is so impactful, so important in so many ways to so many people that... (laughs) <laughs> There's, it cost $4 billion to buy. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is one of the biggest things in the world, and it means so much to so many people, and it has its tendrils in every corner of our sort of Western society. And I thank Star Wars for the 30-plus years of my life because it's been there for almost all of it. Like, my my biggest memory and thing of Star Wars, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before in the podcast, is my mum coming to wake me up. I'd gone to bed. I was probably like five or four, like quite young. 
she woke me up. My sisters, we'd all gone to bed. She said, come out here. We're going to watch a movie. And like, I was like, what the hell? It was like, ten, it was like, it was like eight o'clock at night. I couldn't believe it. And my dad had even gone to bed. Like it was just me and her. And like, it was on TV. It was Star Wars on TV, A New Hope. I had yeah. no idea what was going on. But by the end, I was like, this is incredible. What is this? And she's like, well, if you wait, and like the next Sunday, Empire Strikes Back. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I, I couldn't believe the world my mom had brought me into. And pretty, pretty cool of our mums. And then pre- we never lost our virginities. <laughs> yeah, no, I got there eventually. But the, the point <laughs> is like, it, it's part of my life. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's changed parts of my life. I know it's changed parts of yours and we're, we're going to be, it's changed, it's changed part of my bank balance. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which in turn changes your life. Yeah. Like when we finish recording, like I'm going to get up, I'm going to pick up my lightsaber and walk through my house because that's how I like to think these days. But like, I, I don't know any other form of media in my life outside of just music as a general statement that's had as bigger impact. And oh, what about the Fast and the Furious franchise? Also very important, but a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm happy to do a whole podcast on that. Um, but yeah, I just want to say thank you, Star Wars. Let's put that out in the ether. So... Yeah. You're welcome. Oh my God! It's the future ghost of George Lucas. I want to talk about uh, droids yep. real quick. C three P and R two D two. I think are just two of my favorite characters. Uh, pretty much everyone I've mentioned so far has been one of my favorite characters. I love them all. They're all great. Um, my one of my favorite lines of dialogue in the entire universe of Star Wars is simply. Uh, R2-D2, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. C-3PO, no, I didn't think he likes you at all. Bleep, 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 bloop. No, I don't like you either. I love that. So much is said in that tiny little exchange. The fact that C-3PO is constantly uh, flustered and annoyed at R2-D2. And the fact that R2 just basically asks, but do you like me? And C-3PO says, no, I don't like you Oh, It just says so much. Um, and then, of course, there's there's new droids that have been introduced into yeah. the world, which I love. Obviously, K2SO from Rogue One and BB-8 from Force Awakens. Chopper from Rebels. Um, just three droids that are just like, you know, half of them don't even speak English. They're just bells and whistles. But they're just such lovable characters. I think for a franchise to be able to do that, to make us basically fall in love with a fucking basketball um, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. And it's a testament to the puppeteers and sound designers knowing their work, knowing their job, and just really hitting us in the feels. Paul, I'm going to give you a quick uh, droids oh, quiz. I'm going to tell you four droids, like proper names, and see if you can tell me who they okay. are. Okay. I think you'll maybe get one oh, of them. Right. Because uh, I, I had to look these up. Okay, so can you tell me who the uh, MSE 6 series repair droid is? Six series repair droid. Yeah. Um. MSE six series repair droid. MSE. It's oh, hang on. MSE is that is, uh, is that the mouser one? MSE mouse. Is it the little? Yes. Yes. yes! It is. Yes. It's, it's the mouse droid on the Death Star. Well done. Okay. Paulie gets a point. Uh, okay, you probably get this one. IG. One of the most feared bounty hunters ever. Yes, and one of the shittest action figures ever because in every incarnation he never fucking stands up. He's that skinny looking robot. He's a kettle. He's a kettle with legs. Yeah. He's goddamn... I hate that guy. Uh, Okay. 
Two One B Surgical Droid. Is that the one? Two one. Is that the one that fixes Luke when he's in the back to tank? He is the one that fixes Luke, uh, and this one. <laughs> uh, I can make sure I say uh, this right. Troon Troon Tan B Machine. Uh, <laughs> who who is Troon Tan B Machine? Um, I don't. Is it the one that goes Gronk? Gronk. No, it's not. I'm pretty sure uh, that's called a Gronk. Also not, but anyway. Possibly. Who, who knows? Someone I'm going to check now. Actually, Gronk someone droid. for sure. On the, yeah. Uh, Tan B Machine, a.k.a. EW3 Midwife Droid, is the droid that delivers Luke and Leia. And then goes, she died of a broken heart. For some reason, Lord. because I can't be written any better than this, she's dying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's just a few of the lesser known uh, by name droids in the Star Wars. Yo, the Gonk droid is literally um, called the GNK series power droid. Classic. Just slightly name it after the noise. <laughs> classic. Um, there's a few like, what are this? What a few like small, tiny moments that you really love. For example, I really love the line of dialogue I'm not afraid, and then Yoda doing his classic, good, you will be, you will be. That's one of my mm. favorite lines. The moment where Han dies and you just see that shot of Chewie just <laughs> anger, anger, sadness and pain. Like you really, like it's the first time we really, really see some emotion from Chewie. Something a little different than, you know, just getting ready to fight. It was crazy yeah, cool. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, um, I've always, I think I've said this before in another, another podcast of ours. When... Mace Windu says, I think it's time we inform the Senate that our ability to use the Force has been diminished. Yeah, that happens in, like, episode two, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, was, I seem to be the only one in the audience who went, holy shit. And that's, <laughs> that's such a big line, and that always stuck with me. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of a specific line, but it's more just the way he always made me feel. Uh, Qui-Gon, Qui-Gon yeah. Jinn. Um, such a cool character. Such a cool kind of like one of the best. Of yeah, kind of like the perfect Jedi in my eyes. Like kind of what I think Luke is talking about, where it's just like, well, yeah, you got to be yeah. good, but sometimes you got to be a little bad too. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess I guess the the little moments from the prequel trilogy, uh, for me, it's always the quieter moments, like when. Oh no, actually, that fuck that when uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Guys, if you've just tuned in, Paul's getting very excited about <laughs> when uh, they open the when Lando's walking everyone through the Cloud City, and he opens the door, and Vader's there at the dining table, oh. and then it's like raw, and Han takes a shot, and he absorbs him into his the shots into his Vader's hands and stuff, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is fucked. Um, yeah, on that, the moment where Han gets frozen in Empire yeah, as well. Totally. Uh, and then, like, you know, they're taking Han to get frozen in carbonite. Chewie just, like, lets loose and Han tells him to calm down and tells me he has to protect the yep. princess. Oh, so good. And then, of course, you get the classic lines, I love you. I know. I know. From, uh, from Han and Leia. Oh, also, so shout amazing. out shout out to um, Emperor Palpatine in... Um, Return of the Jedi, where he basically just goes batshit insane. He's like, oh, I think the Death Star will be quite operational when your friends arrive. Like, he's uh, just relishing everything. I'm like, this is hilarious. And to, like, to that scene, uh, to that yeah. scene, to fucking when Luke and Vader are fighting and the, the music is like, oh, and you're like, oh, my God, this means so much for everybody. Um, yeah, is it, is it, what's his name, Ian McDermott? Yeah, sure. That's, that sounds, right. yeah, that is, yeah, that's the guy. 
Yeah, I'll say that. If not, I'm going to go back and overdub my voice saying the correct name. But do it with like a robot voice. <laughs> I think his name is Ian Yeah, I will. I think his name was Roger Baltimore. Um, at the end of Rogue One, where we see digital layer just simply say the word hope was just such an exciting moment. Uh, just like the moment of seeing Luke at the end of Force Awakens, where we just didn't know we were going to get these little yeah. reveals. And it's just such a beautiful little tag. Yeah. Um, and then the lines, Chewie, we're home from Force Awakens. Again, a, a moment in the trailer that just made me go, oh, Star Wars <laughs> is good. They're going to make Star Wars good again. One final moment I want to talk about before we uh, kind of wrap things up, Paul. Uh, one of my favorite moments from Return of the Jedi is, of course, the uh, Jabba's palace, like, uh, escape. Yeah. You know, once again, it's one of these scenes that just has all the best stuff. You've got the Han and Carbonite sort of getting uh, rescued and they escape. You've got Chewie and Lando being badasses. You've got Slave Leia. And, you know, we can be as PC as we want about it, but she she was really hot. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And we were kids and we're like, ah. Uh, Of course, then you've got her versus Jabba where Leia gets her revenge, which was pretty fucking great. Luke shows up and he's just a badass. (laughs) He's like... He's in the black garb. He's got his leather glove on. He's got a new lightsaber. You got Boba Fett, the Sarlacc pit. You got R two D two going around serving drinks and then shooting a lightsaber out of his head. <laughs> it's just such a fucking cool scene. Han's all blind and Lando's helping him. Oh man, I fucking love that scene. Just so a little higher. Just a little higher. I'm, I I really am excited to see Donald Glover. I think he's going to be so good as young. Yeah, Lando. but I keep getting confused with Danny Glover in my head when everyone says that. I'm like, that's an old man to be playing that's a young sense. Lando. It makes no sense. He's probably he's probably older than Billy Dee. Oh, Williams. he definitely is. Uh, um, okay, should we do a couple more questions, Paul, and then wrap this? Uh, I dig it. Up? Hit me. Uh, Chris Isaacs asks: Is Kirk or Picard a better captain? God damn it, Picard. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll say Picard as well, so we can move on, idiot. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, given there are literally like two women in this entire movie, what do women like about this sausage fest? Ask Patrick. Ah, uh, the two women that are uh, in it are fucking badass. Uh, Beyonce, better than Beyonce, powerhouse women. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good answer. And I think like since the days of the original trilogy, where there was basically just Leia. And then like Mon Mothma, the girls. excuse me, Mon, Mon Mothma, Aunt, Bar- Aunt Baru, mm-hmm. and then of course there was a lot of women in the uh, the prequels. And how do we know the gender really of some of those aliens? Good. Totally could have been chicks. That's true. Yeah, totally. For all we know, Jabba's a chick, Whoa. right? <laughs> uh, I mean, probably not because there are like. Yo, if what is it? what is their species? Are they just they're not called yeah. huts? Whatever those big aren't they huts? Guys. Isn't that a anyway. thing? I thought that I thought that was like the the name of the, like the, that family. No, like the huts, like that's their species name. Oh, so like me saying like Paul the human. I think so. I'm just going to check that okay. on Wikipedia well, right that. now. If, yeah, if not, I'll go back and I'll re-edit our voices saying the correct thing. I'll do your voice. Huh? You you talk like this, right? Stop fucking around. <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah, so the the planet they're yeah. from. Yeah, huts. Stop fucking around. Huts were a large slug like sentient species who were native to the planet Nile Hutter. So oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. Yep, that's what that is. We did it. Let's make let's make this the last question, mm-hmm. Paul. Because I think it's quite a good one. And it kind of like finishes off. Hang on, dude. Do you want to know what a baby hut is called? <laughs> yes, I do. Obviously I do. A hutlet. That's cute. Oh, adorable. 
guess. <laughs> uh, Tristan uh, McGinnis asks, why do these films seem to be repeating themselves? I understand they're following a hero's journey formatting, but I draw too many similarities be- uh, between the first wacky band of space misfits and the original trilogy and the new one. Are they these newfangled Star Wars films shamelessly fan service, or do you think they're new stories that add depth to the universe? A good point. And well, mm. I mean, for, for a lot of people, there's I mean, there's a lot of comparisons that you can draw between Force Awakens and A New Hope, um, and that doesn't bother me one tiny bit. I would rather just see an updated new version of a Star Wars film made, you know, with new characters telling a similar story than to watch the prequels again. Always and forever, that's my answer. Okay. Um, I don't think it's shameless fan service. I think it's them Definitely I think it's not. them being safe though. Um, because yeah, the prequels the prequels broke us. There's definitely fan service. No, I was gonna say the prequels broke us and it's time to sort of reel that back. I think they reeled back a little too far. Um, but yeah. they've got two movies now to sort of justify the choices that they've made. And unfortunately, we live in a world where we can't watch this movie as a standalone film. It is part of a greater story and we kind of need to see those decisions either work or not work and time will tell. So can't, can't answer yeah. your question properly, Tristan. But um, as far as depth to the universe goes, I don't think any of the films have expanded beyond what a new hope started they've made it literally bigger um but the conflict has kind of been the same it's good versus evil it's cowboys in space i mean star wars for me it's just always been about that really classic just goodies versus baddies story uh you know however they tell that story whether the goodies are the Sith, they're the Knights of Ren, they're a bunch of droids or a clone army, whatever it is, it's always about this ragtag bunch of misfits that come together to fight in a Star War. Yeah, you know? I feel that. And I love that. It's just that classic thing of playing, you know, armies when you're a kid, you know, you're the goodies, you're the baddies, pew, 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 pew. and that's what Star Wars is all about, it's that childlike uh, fun, like, we're, we're, it's just about a big fucking space adventure, and there's laser swords, <laughs> and space samurai, and spaceships, and things blowing up, and aliens, and like, what's, what's not to love? The prequels is the answer, but <laughs> other than that, it's fucking Star Wars, and it's an iconic part of, whether we like it or not, it's an iconic part of the world, forever, I hope. And you you know, sometimes huts used to wear clothes. <laughs> I like to think they just wear hats And they just call them hut hats Well funny you should say that They're Sharelian toops as hair pieces And yeah. they uh, like to eat gorgs, slime pods And Clatooine uh, paddy frogs Paul are you going to spend the rest of the day on Wikipedia? Tell me the truth Looks that way <laughs> um, Guys I think we should leave it there It's been real fun talking Star Wars with you As always Paul uh, And even though we don't always record it It's always fun yeah, uh, see you next week for Star Wars Episode 2, the other episode of... No, what are we doing next week, Shane? I'll tell you what we are going to do next week, Paul, uh, if, you, if you've even got the guts, is it is actually going to be our 30th episode. So if you're down, I say we do Shane versus Paul round motherfucking number three. What do you say? I can dig it. Um, I'm, I'm yet to win one of these, uh, challenges. Basically, Paul and I are going to be quizzing each other about ourselves, about pop culture, and the things that we know and love. Uh, Paul is currently undefeated. Pick up your uh, game, mate. 
two to nil, but I feel this is really getting me right around. I feel like we should set some parameters. Oh, I feel why? Like you, can't ask, why? you can't ask any questions that I've never known the answer to, like you did last time. Oh, I like, don't know I if that's what, you, that's what happened. Pop, pop culture, you know, stuff, obviously, you know, we kind of know what we both know and don't know, and that's cool. Yeah. But I think if it's, if it's stuff, personal stuff, you can't just, like, ask me what your favourite book is. That What I number am I thinking of? <laughs> 17. Wow, was it was it? 7. Oh, it was pretty close, but I still wouldn't have got the point. So next week, <laughs> Shane versus Paul, round 3. Uh, until next time, my name is Shane Adamsack. I'm uh, Paul Grabovac. Cowabunga. Uh, may the force be with you. Force longer. Bye. The huts were massive slug-like species who had large mouths and stubby eyes. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope.